to the Loaded Goat, the most trusted name in news. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. So you saw that you saw that report as well. You shared it with me. The Pew Research Survey said that 87% of Americans who listen to news on podcasts say they expect the information they hear to be mostly accurate. That's just kind of scary in general, since we are living proof that any schmuck, two schmucks can launch a podcast. Yes, indeed. Indeed. But I take this very seriously, and I'm well prepared for today's episode. I watched them, and I mostly paid attention. Well, I appreciate that. Today we are doing Bargain Day, and I, um, I'm i going to just – this is a hot take. I think this may be – you can't say this because you haven't seen them all, but I think this may be the worst episode of the entire Black and White run. It's not good. It's not good. It's so stupid. It's, 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 I feel like it is a complete misfire. Except for Aunt B and the meat and the wagon and Opie and the dogs. I kind of like everything else in this. It's just like, I'm like, what is going on yeah, here? But even in that moment, and I'll reiterate this later, that if the dogs are sniffing the meat, the meat's already thawed and has gone bad, like is going bad as we speak, right? Oh. Yeah. And so, like, I was like, this is gross. This is gross. Yeah, that's a good point. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot. In front of my sister's uh, house in D.C. for a while, someone had, like, spilled a bunch of ground beef getting out of a car, and it was on the curb for, like, three weeks. It was so gross. That sounds pretty rancid. So that's kind of what I feel like they're set up to do here. I mean, it is really playing fast and loose with a lot of meat. And... Before we dive in, I actually have an update of news from Randy Turner. He shared with me, uh, since after watching Andy Saves Gomer, he let me know, and I have not seen, I'm not a completionist on Gomer Pyle USMC. I've seen a handful of episodes, most notably the ones where there's a Mayberry crossover. Okay. But he did notice that they just basically recycled the story of Andy Saves Gomer and where Sergeant Carter saves Gomer by chucking a live grenade out. And basically Gomer tries to treat him as life-saving man and be there at his every need. And so Sergeant Carter has to do another gas leak and save the, and, 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 and get him off his back. So if you feel like television has gone downhill and recycling old storylines today. And, you know, though there's no new storylines. I think that was a problem a long time ago as well. Well, it's only going to get worse. So, like, we're in, you know, we'd like to have this be evergreen. But we, I think we're living, we've talked a lot about this. We're in the golden age of television. It's so yeah. good. Writers going on strike today. This could be the end. Yeah. I don't think it's the end. I think there are they are going to come to an agreement. But you will see that things have happened that, didn't work out um that have basically delayed or ended or caused series to be canceled yeah makes me sick is there anybody you're worried about in particular i don't know just hbo is putting out such good content right now i just want them to all be happy and be paid so that i can keep watching hours and hours on end what are you what are you watching really into perry mason just season two of that uh, Somebody Somewhere is back for season two, which I think is so heartwarming and wonderful. Big shout out to that show. The Diplomat, which is on Netflix with uh, Carrie Russell. I, I'm very much enjoying it. It's the Americans meets 
you know, the crown. So that's that's wonderful. Yeah. Very happy. Yeah. Well, I've I've got some shows. I mean, I feel like I'm not really in a worried spot because everything I was watching is wrapping up. So, I mean, I've, uh, I have I do have Perry Mason. I still, I've got it on the DVR. I need to watch it. Obviously, watch Last of Us. Got a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian that I need to finish. Ted Lasso is already in the can. You know, a lot of the shows, Million Little Things on ABC, you know, it's series finale is next week. So the writer's strike isn't impacting any of any of those things. I know, but we're going to, we don't know what's going to, you remember like people were just getting into Lost and then they had that quick short season. Because the writer strike in 06. Well, Breaking no? Bad suffered the same same fate, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Hopefully the Andy Griffith show won't, which is I what think brings the, us here today. I think the Andy Griffith show is fine. So, folks, regardless of what happens with the writer strike, the loaded goat is going to keep marching forward. So, let's dive into Bargain Day. This episode first aired on March 23rd, 1964. It was written by John Whedon, who we've talked about in the past. He's Joss Whedon's grandfather. And it was his very last episode that he did. And I am wondering if it was because this episode was such a dud. Yeah, probably. Wait, could you remind me who Josh Whedon is again? <laughs> he did. Um, he did Firefly. He oh, did yeah, the Avengers. Yeah. This. We do this every we do this every time I mention this writer. You're like, who, who's this the guy again? again? Yeah, all right. Let's let's not bother with that. So, but do you think that might have been it? I mean, do you think this episode was episode could have been considered so bad that he's not asked back? Yeah, excommunicated. Excommunicated is probably not the right word, but they're like, we got Hope other you writers. Like Topeka, because you're done in Hollywood. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again. You didn't eat the- your Wheatons this morning. Well, let's hope that's not. We don't want that to happen. Maybe he just decided to move on to other things and just phone this episode in. Yeah, he moved on to greener pastures, the other Re- side of the lot. The other side of the lot. Yeah, started saying, "Hey, what scripts can I recycle for Gomer Pyle US USMC?" <laughs> All right, so we open with Aunt B sitting at the breakfast table, and Andy says it's going to be a hot one today because he hears the locusts, which that's very, very I spot on. Yeah. yeah. And it's and they do a nice job with the locust audio. Opie comes in and his shoes are squeaking. It turns out Aunt B got a good deal on some larger shoes in Mount Pilot. Now I've always thought of Aunt B as I mean she ran a tight kitchen. I've always thought she was because I mean I feel like there are people who are thrifty, and then I feel like they're almost frugal to the level of discomfort of everybody else around them. And I've never thought of Aunt B as that way. Yeah, I would agree. But I'd also sum this up. We've got a saying in our family, you go broke saving money. And this is exactly what she does here. Can you expand on that um, yeah, and, on that statement? She keeps buying stuff because it's on sale, but you're going to end up spending more money than you actually would. Oh, that's what you mean. So if you go, if you're always just searching out great go deals. Go broke saving money. Yeah. Well, she goes to refill the sugar jar. And has a bulky bag and spills the sugar. Now, I have the first thought. how she should fill the, like, it's so sticky. Just take a spoon, like, you know, don't try to pour in an eight-gallon, eight-pound bag into a little tiny saucer. B. For any listener who is, this for Bargain Day is their favorite episode, let let us apologize in advance. (laughs) Yeah. I would I I was gonna say I think she would have probably enjoyed Costco a great deal, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, 
But you are right. It makes no sense. She can just dip the whole thing in the in the bag. And I was also just thinking about with your like, you know, people that do love this episode that the Loaded Goat is rolling out a periodical next month. And we're going to start doing something called the Dispatches, which is taken from the Atlantic patent pending where you get to respond to the articles that are put forward with your own different pieces. We'll collect some information from 15 to 25 of our greatest fans. Um, so we'll, we'll start doing that and Aaron will write it and pay for it and get it printed and send it out to you. That is not happening, uh, but I, but that is just, just, we are not the most trusted name in news. We can't even be honest about what we're actually doing for the podcast. <laughs> so Andy chides her for trying to save money for the expense of comfort and, and uh, trying to save money at the expense of comfort and common sense. And he brings up the freezer that she got at a good deal that she doesn't use. And, you know, but this freezer sounds kind of like it's the worst appliance. It's, it's just sitting there on the die. porch. Yeah. Yeah. Good place for a mouse to die. Well, Aunt B goes to the butcher and Clara is wrapping up her order with Mr. Foley. And when he goes to take a call, Clara tells her that she needs to go to the new butcher for the prices. And I mean, when she says prices, does it kind of grate on your ears? Absolutely, it does. I mean, it's just kind of like you're almost like just let be be. If you want to go buy a side of beef, Claire, go buy a side of beef. I completely agree. Yeah. She then says she'll tell B outside. She tells um Mr. Aunt B tells Mr. Foley she left her grocery store at home. Mr. Foley, if you recognize him, he's played by Frank Ferguson, who played Wilbur Pine in the Frank news. Frank Ferguson is a great name. It's I'll a great name. Right it's a great name. He plays, but he plays Wilbur Pine, and that's the man Rosemary's in the new Housekeeper, the epi- the scene that just kicks everything off for the entire series. Because, oh. yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. A nice little callback to one of the early days of the show, both the Andy Griffith show and the Loaded Goat. I agree. The new butcher charges 10 cents less a pound, which, I mean, in 1964 is nothing to sneeze at. But you have to buy the beef by the side, which is basically the modern day equivalent to. I mean, that's just kind of like that's still kind of the same trade off of if you're going to buy in bulk, you are going to save money, but you got to buy in bulk. Yeah. And B decides. I'm interested in how this small town person in a straw hat is is able to do this big Costco-esque purveyorship. Well, he's a butcher. He might. I don't know. I don't know what kind of deal he has with other farmers in the area. I mean, you know, I mean, you live in Montana. There's plenty of people that there is this program that it's available. But most of the time, it's not directly through a business. It's usually or like a business, just like a local, like a local butcher. I mean, for the most part, at least. But that but but it was probably much different in the 60s. I believe that is true. Yeah. So B decides to do it, and we dissolve the Opie and B packing the freezer with meat. They go to plug in the freezer, and it is one big piece of junk. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. And Andy comes home for for dinner, and Aunt B brings out roast beef. And Andy's shocked since it's a weeknight and they don't have company, but then he bites into the <laughs> I meat. I thought this part was kind of cute. Yeah. Or not, not what happens next, but his like, on a weeknight? On a weeknight. have guests. People going to say we're all uppity. <laughs> he was. That was pretty funny. And then he bites into the meat, 
and it is really tough. And Aunt B is about to cry and says she will throw it out and goes into the kitchen. And Andy follows her and she tries to shoo him away and he starts to leave. But the light flickers. The television's gone crazy, too. And Opie keeps wanting to say it's the freezer. And Aunt B won't let him. And then so this Andy... reminded Andy's response here reminded me a little bit of if you ever watched Barefoot Contessa. Uh, no. So, you know, Ina Garden, excellent, excellent chef. Her husband, Jeffrey, he sits down, you know, she makes these amazing fresh meals with seasonal dishes, seasonal ingredients, blah, blah, blah. He sits down. He's like, it's a little tough. And then he's like this stiff Wall Street finance guy. And, you know, just impossible to please. And this is what I feel like maybe Jeffrey saw when he was first starting to date Ina Garden. He's like, this is what I want to do in my relationship. This may have led to that, but but I kind of doubt it. Okay. Then Andy hears the sound. He walks outside and sees the freezer kind of acting like it's possessed. And then she reveals that she brought 150 pounds of beef. Then the freezer short circuits and we go to commercial. Yeah, which I'm surprised they weren't where their house was going to touch or, you know, burn down. Everything out there looked like that was some dry, dry wood. It was. It was. Since we're in the break, this episode was produced by Pod Machine. They do great podcasts at a great rate. Go to podmachine.com to learn more and enter Loaded Goat at checkout for a 10% discount. After the break, Andy comes out and Aunt B is fanning herself on the porch because the freezer is having problems, but Aunt B doesn't want to spend the money on having the repairman come out. Andy insists that she call him. Opie comes out with it, no shirt on because it is this so is hot. funny. This is really funny. He's still wearing jeans, though. I know. I know. And Aunt B sends him back. And Aunt B demands that she call the repairman. And he keeps saying the words, call the man. Which is kind of funny. You know, there is a I'm kind of torn on Andy's response here, right? Like, he could have just called the guy to come do it, right? So he's he is being a little annoying by saying not taking kind of equal ownership over how to fix the things in the house. But I also get a little bit where he's like, this is Aunt B's thing. She was the one that wanted the fridge. She's the one that wants to buy all this meat in bulk. Should Can I figure a way to help her or help herself? But he doesn't. So he kind of walks a line there that I think doesn't work in this episode. I think his, his whole thing is I've got to go to work. You did this. We'll go to work and it. sit there. What's he do when he's at work? He's on the phone with Sarah the whole time. Make the call, Andy. Um, I didn't really get as upset with Andy on this because Andy came home to tough roast beef, a demonic freezer, and and some real issues. And a feral child. <laughs> and a child with no shirt on. You know, I'm kind of cutting him a little slack. So this is also where this is scene, this next scene is just kind of it's amusing, but it's ridiculous too. Aunt B is fidgeting with the freezer and Opie shows up with Gomer. And when have you ever seen Aunt B ask Gomer to fix anything? Never. But honestly, when he showed up, I thought he's the most viable person in the town to do it. Except the repairman. Well, he's a male pilot. Yeah. Gomer starts to work on it, but then Opie has to remind him to unplug it. And not a good start. Nope, and Gomer doesn't know what he's doing in this thing that hasn't been worked on in 13 years. And Andy shows up as Gomer. Well, first causes... of all, Gomer is so they find a golf ball in there. They, yeah. Gomer is so calm and collected when a mouse trap hits his finger. That's true. 
That's true. It was a cucumber, that one. It was a cucumber. Randy shows up as Gomer causes the coolant to drain. And Aunt B doesn't know what to do, and she suggests seeing if Mr. Foley will store it for her. This is really out of character for Aunt B, too. I don't see her doing that. Like something I'd think of. I know. And I hey, said, that's know, really highly. Over, let me see if I can get something out of him. <laughs> I know. And I'd be like, and then you'd say that. And I'd be like, that is highly inappropriate, Christopher. I'd be like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> you go do it. But I just don't see Aunt B doing this. Yeah. She goes back to the store. Wait, yeah. Just wait. Yeah, she does it. She goes back to the store and asks him under the guise of having a, a friend in need. Mr. Foley is very gracious and agrees to do it. And then later, Andy is on the phone at the sheriff's office and sees Aunt B coming by with a wagon being followed by a pack of dogs. Pack of strays. A pack of strays, which to your point, if the meat was already thawed at that point, they'd have serious problems. Mm-hmm. She tells Andy what she's doing and he won't have it. And he sends her back home with the meat with the order to call the man. And later, Aunt B comes home, and Andy says the repairman has come and gone. Andy bought a new freezer, and Aunt B says, "Clear right, looking good. It's looking good. It's nice. It's it's nice. It looks very peaceful. It looks like it's it's the way to go." A what? A smeg. What's a smeg? Oh, Aaron, it's a trendy new refrigerator that's based on 1950s, 60s refrigerators. Oh, there's no. Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, have you got a smeg? No, God, no. I have an LG or something stupid. Hmm. So, needless to say, Aunt B is not crazy about the new. She's upset because she says Claire has a line on a discount, which you're kind of like, well, nobody learned any lessons here. And we go to the commercial. In the epilogue, the Taylors are sitting on the porch. And Opie asks what they did before refrigerators. Andy reminisces about the day the ice truck would come by. And then Opie keeps asking what they did before and they eventually arrive at the Ice Age. He then says, we're in the time of miracles. And then the freezer causes the electricity to flicker and we close the show. For a bad episode, nice ending. Nice ending. How many whistles would you give this? I think it's just five. Oh, I was actually going to go lower. Oh, really? Okay. Well, how many whistles would you give it, Aaron? I'd give it three. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. I see you. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I'm becoming more critical and you're becoming, yeah, it's it good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm dead inside. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not about your feelings on the show. It's about just where you are as a person right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, but I thought of something I want to say just at the end when we do the closeout. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you think about it, subscribe. Next week, I bet we'll be doing a better episode that we enjoyed more, Divorce Mountain Style. And until then, Christopher, call the man. Want to see what's in my freezer? (laughs) No, I don't.